Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Last week I told you the story, uh, I, I started a story about how um, I had my day planned out and um, had everything, boy, I'm going to pick up my son from the elementary school, and then I'm going to go do this, and I'm going to go do that, and then Gary calls and says, we got a sick calf, need you to come rope it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got a tire waiting on me, if I don't pick it up, it's going to be a week and a half, and it just kind of threw everything into a, into a tizzy, and so anyway, I rearranged everything, and I'm thinking, man, I can run home, I can get the trailer, I get my horse, run out there, rope this calf real fast, <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Me, rope a calf fast. We rope it till it falls down, and then you throw a loop on it. Not really. I'm a little, I'm a little better than that. I wait till they just get three-legged and their tongue hangs out. But anyway, so I, 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 get, uh, I, I get Jace Ray. I, I go, and I, I, I don't even wait for the bell to ring. I go in, and I get him, and I drag him out. And he's like, what are we doing? I said, we've got to go doctor your calf. He's like, all right. So anyway, we, we jump in the truck, and we, we, head to, we head to the ranch, and I get to the ranch, and I'm thinking, well, instead of riding him out there, I've got to hook up my trailer. And so I'll hook up the trailer and just drive out there. It'll save a little time because I still got to go to Parker and everything, and it's 3 o'clock, and this, this is going to be cutting it close. So anyway, where the trailer was parked, I had to, I had to back in at a 90-degree angle because there was a, a lady keeping her camper out at the ranch, and I couldn't get in, so I had to back in like this. Well, you know, it, sometimes you're off by just a little bit. Well, what I didn't really think about is when you back a trailer in normal, you, you can take a bar or sometimes just push the trailer, and you can push them sideways pretty easily. But when you back in at a 90-degree angle and you need to push it that way, it's hard to push the entire trailer one way. So I'm like... I'm getting like a hernia. I can feel stuff popping, and it's not good. Right? I feel like Rice Krispies. And so anyway, I'm like, okay. So I jump out of the truck. Jake's right sitting there, and he's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, shh. I'm in a tizzy. Just let me be in a tizzy. So I run over there, and I get the digging bar, right? And I go back, and I put the digging bar in there, and, I, and it slips. And I crack my knuckles on the gooseneck part. I will not tell you what I said. And so, you know, I'm, the, the bed's too slippery, and I'm doing it this way, and finally, you can feel it building, right? So I stick it in there again, and I'm like, and guess what happened? I got it. I sure did. Right across here, because whenever it went, it slammed that bar down right across here, and I couldn't get out. And I'm like, because, I mean, my leg is bent. I can't go that way. My body's there. And I, it's holding my leg down. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to tell my son, who knows six English words, how to go get Gary. Because I'm stuck. Right? <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I mean, it's not really hurting, but I'm like, I'm like wedged. So I start rolling that bar. <laughs> And I had to roll it over my knee. And anyway, so I got it done. I got out from under it. I was pretty sore for a couple of days. Uh, nobody would rub my leg for me. It was really sad. <laughs> We're supposed to be meeting the needs of others. And nobody met my need. I don't blame them. So anyway, I get the trailer hooked up, and then I got to go air up the trailer tires, right? I am quickly 
understanding that this is not going to be better, okay? I should have just rode, right? So, but you know how cowboys are. When you get it in your mind, you're going to do it that way. So I'm airing tires up, and I, and I put it on there, and it's like five pounds. So I stick it on and say, I bet I can catch my horse before that tire blows. Did you know a trailer tire with 50 pounds will actually hold 105 pounds? It will. It will. I got my horse before that tire blew. It took longer to let the tire air out. Gary's sitting out in the pasture. And I'm hurrying, right? So I get, I get Budhead, that's my horse, and, and I saddle him up, and I take him over there, and I'm like, get in the, come on. But Ed, you get in that trailer right now. Come on, come on, I'm in a hurry, come on. That's pretty good, wasn't it? That, that's actually pretty good. I didn't practice that or anything. That's pretty good. I could see it, right? I may put that on Facebook. And so anyway, now I'm getting mad. I was in a tizzy. You ever moved from tizzy to mad? You ever been mad dealing with a horse? You ever try to load a 1,200-pound animal into a trailer that does not want to go? I showed him. I got on him. I did. I got on him, and I rode him right up to the edge of that trailer, and I grabbed those reins, and I'll tell you what happened later. How many times do we worry about little stuff instead of what's important? How many times do we get in a tizzy, and that tizzy leads to being mad, and we start focusing on everything except what we're really supposed to be doing? Or in other words, of what is important. The second habit of a highly effective cowboy is just that. It is focusing on what is important instead of worrying about the little things. You know those little things that can just eat away at your day, can eat away at your attitude? Well, y'all probably never have a problem with your attitude or anything like that. You, you calm all the time, never getting a tizzy about anything. So how do we know what is important? Okay, how do we know what's important and what's little things? Now, yesterday, I worked while my wife was at a class. I, I sat and I worked for an hour and a half and deleted everything because I was like, it took, it was going to be an hour and a half sermon leading up to my point. So I, I, I'm just going to jump right into it. Instead of leading into what's important and what's not important, let's just see what God says is important and what's not. Okay? Matthew chapter 6, if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6. Now, I, I'm, most of these are going to be in the Simplified Cowboy version. The Simplified Cowboy version is just... Uh, it's not the real Bible. I just tried to put what the Bible said in a language that cowboys can understand, okay? So get your real Bibles, your New Living Translation or New International Version, whatever. Follow along. I'm going to be reading out of the Simplified Cowboy Version. We do have Matthew done. That's why I was able to do this. Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 21. Jesus makes a distinction between something that's important and something that's not. He says, don't buy a bunch of saddles and trading spurs here on earth so that people will think highly of you. 
The saddles will eventually rot and the spurs will rust if someone doesn't break into your barn and steal them first. Shoot for the great things of heaven where there is no rot and thieves can't break in. Whatever you long for the most is where your heart really is. Think about that. Talking about treasure. That's what your Bibles will say. Don't store up treasures where moth and rust can eat away at it. Instead, put your treasures that are in heaven where no one can take them from it. What, what, what are our treasures? You know, I mean, think about you know, our, our, our dreams or, you know, man, I, I remember the first time I bought a pickup, I named it Pudge, okay? Because Pudge Rodriguez was a catcher for the Texas Rangers, and I had this truck that I thought was so cool it was going to be like a catcher. I was going to have to get a bed cover because I figured when I rode, rode down the road that girls were going to jump in the back because they were so impressed. I never had to buy that, that bed cover. It did not work out like that salesman told me it would, okay? Don't store up your treasures on earth. Think, you know, if you can buy it with money, it's not a treasure. It's not, okay? Jesus says treasures, the, these things, these material possessions and stuff, man, they're worthless. They are worthless. Just go look in your closet at all of the treasures, that you thought were so cool. Go look behind the barn at your treasures that you thought were so awesome. In Matthew 6, 24, this is not in the simplified cowboy version because I don't think it needs to be simplified. It says, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. Finish it. What does it say? You cannot love God and money. You cannot love God and money. The second habit of a highly effective cowboy is not focusing, being able to focus on what is important. And Jesus is saying right here, this is red letter stuff, he is saying that money is not important. Yet how do we spend most of our days? How do we spend most of our time? In pursuit of the almighty dollar in some form or fashion. And Jesus says, it is not important. You think, well, well, if I don't have money, how can I buy food? Let's see what Jesus says about that. In Matthew 6, 25 through 27, Jesus says, that's why I'm telling you not to worry about anything. Don't worry about food or water or if you will have boots to wear. Isn't this life more, about, more than about beef steaks? And isn't your body more than about boots? Look at the birds. They don't have a herd of cattle to butcher for beef or a garden to pick vegetables for canning, but the boss provides for them every day. You mean a lot more to him than little birds do. Can a little bit of worry really do anything to add a single moment more to your life? I mean, my gosh, Jesus is even saying that food is not important. He said, quit, uh, he said if food was so important, then, then why don't the birds have jobs? And, and, you know, I mean, he says, man, you've got to learn to focus on what's important. And, you know, you, you go to these, these college classes and they'll tell you that the three basic needs for life are food, clothing, and shelter. And isn't it funny how Jesus says that those three things aren't even important? He just got there saying that food, why do you worry about food? God feeds the birds of the air. Aren't you more important than the birds of the air? In another deal, he says, guy comes up and says, I want to follow you, Jesus. He goes, I don't even have a place to lay my head. Matthew 6, 28 through 30. Why worry about your boots and chaps? Even prickly pears have apples and grow strong in the pasture. Cactus don't have to work for these beautiful apples. And even the richest man who ever lived, Solomon, didn't have clothes like a cactus does. And if the boss cares so much for cactus and that are here today and rot tomorrow, he certainly cares for you. Why can't you have a little more faith than that? 
I mean, if you don't think that God can provide the basic necessities for your life, how is he going to provide you eternal life? How is he going to change your life from that sorry existence that you've known in the past to something miraculous? If he can't even provide food, clothing, and shelter for you, how in the world is he going to provide everything else? Matthew 6, 31 and 32. So don't sit around fretting all the time, saying things like, I wonder what we will eat. Will there be anything to drink? Will I have a neckerchief to keep warm in the winter? This is the way people think that don't believe in the boss. But he knows everything that you need. He knows everything that you need. Focus on what's important. How many of us focus on worry more then we focus on anything else. We're worried about this. We're worried about that. We're worried about this. Fretting about that. Oh my gosh, what if this happens? Oh my gosh, what if that happens? What if they say this? What if they think that? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. We spend more of our time worrying than probably anything else. Focus on what's important. We focus on worry. We focus on things that are probably not going to happen. And even if they do happen, what in the world can you do about it? Nothing. So... What's the point? The second habit of a highly effective cowboy is being able to focus on what is important. And in verse 33, Jesus has been leading up to the answer. He said, man, your treasure is worthless. Your money is worthless. Food, don't worry about it. Clothing, don't worry about it. Worry, stop doing it. And then he says this, search out his way before you search for anything else and be sure to live like he wants you to, then he will give you everything that you need. That's a simplified cowboy version. If you want the real words, he says this. I was going to read it to you in Greek, but I can't. Ah. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. Seek the kingdom of God first and above all else and live righteously and God will give you everything that you need. Can one habit provide everything that you need? Absolutely. The second habit of a highly effective cowboy will provide everything that you need. The problem with this right here is that most of our wants far surpass what we need. That's another sermon, okay? That is a, another 365 series sermon. What is the kingdom of God? Seek the kingdom of God above all else. What is the kingdom of God, man? Now we're, we're going to get a little bit, we're going to dive just a little bit deeper than, than just the, you know, what color a horse is that? You know, we're, we're going to dive just a little bit deeper than that. What is the kingdom of God? I've got two things down. First off, I want you to listen to what Jesus has to say about the kingdom of God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. He used kingdom in the beginning of that and then the end and everything in the middle. He told you, about what the kingdom of God was. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is God's kingdom in heaven. Let it come down to earth. Where his will is done in heaven, let his will be done on earth. Give us this day our daily bread. 
Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. That's the kingdom of God. Kind of simple, but I mean, that, that's a whole nother sermon series. We could take each one of those things and dissect it to really know how. But you know what? You're smarter than that. You know what he's saying. Uh, another way I, I like to say the kingdom of God is, is kind of like a, the Long X Ranch. And I'm not talking about necessarily ours down the road here, even though that's what we call it. The kingdom of God is, is kind of a, a real place, a ranch. Think of the greatest ranch that has ever existed. And you don't know the front end of a horse from the back end of a horse, and you can't tell a llama from a cow, but you want a job on the greatest ranch ever. And so you go up and you say, I ain't got nothing to offer. No, no skills, no experience, no nothing. But if you'll have me, I'll do you a good job. And they give you the job. You did nothing to earn that, right? You have no qualifications whatsoever. That's how you get into the kingdom of God. You can't earn it. You can't do anything. You can't buy into it. It don't matter who you know, what you know. You don't deserve it, but you get in, right? And then whenever uh, they provide everything for you, they provide your beef, they provide your whatever, they provide your truck. God will provide, in other words, on the kingdom of God, what is living righteously. What is living righteously? You know, we already talked about the first part. We get a job on the greatest ranch ever with no skills and no experience. You know what that's called? The biblical word for that is? Starts with a G. Grace. Grace. That's how you live righteously, is knowing that everything that you have been given. I, I read a deal the other day that says that, that grace is kind of like going from a man that knows he has done wrong and knows that he is going to be sentenced to die and going from that to an heir waiting on the greatest inheritance in the history of the world in one bat of an eye. That's the difference between where we were going and once we start following God. Cowboy Theology 101, grace is how we get it. Ranches have cowboys and cowboys do what? Cowboy stuff, okay? When you get on this ranch, you don't just get to go sit on the front porch and watch the cowboys ride by, okay? When, when you get a job on a ranch and if you wanna work on a ranch, then you're going to have to do cowboy stuff, and there's going to be a lot of learning, and you don't know. You'll ask a lot of questions. You'll make a lot of mistakes, and that's fine. But you got to do cowboy stuff. And when you get to the kingdom of God, when you start seek the kingdom of God above all else, man, you, you, don't, get, you don't get into the kingdom based upon anything that you've done. But once you get in, you got to do Christian stuff, people. <laughs> that's just the way it is. I mean, Paul said it first. How do you get onto the kingdom of God? For we are saved by grace through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast, right? But then James said, show me a faith without works and I'll show you a dead faith. We are supposed to meet the needs of others. That's what Jesus did. We're saved by grace. When we, once we get into the kingdom of God, once we get onto the long X, we start doing, we do Christian stuff, okay? I'm not going to apologize for it. God's not going to apologize for it. Get rid of that, that cruddy stuff that you got going on in your life. Make room for God so he can build you up. And the third thing, the attitude of a cowboy is one of servanthood, not comfort. You show me a comfortable cowboy and I'll show you somebody that ain't a cowboy. Because I, 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 don't, I don't know that there's really anything that's comfortable about being a cowboy. It's either too hot or too cold or too windy or... Your horse is cross-firing or, you know, it, it doesn't matter what it is. It's not, being a cowboy is not being about comfort. If that's what you're after, go do something else. 
Go be a professional TV watcher or something. Because that'll get you where you want to be, won't it? The attitude of the cowboy is one of servanthood, not comfort. And how do we, what's the biblical word for that? Humility. Humility. And you know what? That was the first habit of a highly effective cowboy is servanthood. Of saying, I will be a servant. I will go out and I will check these cattle. Because you know, they're not going to fix their own fence. They can't fix the windmill when it's broke or when, when the tank runs dry or the pond runs dry. Or, you know, they can't fix the gap. They can't do these things. They can't go out and buy hay for themselves whenever there's four feet of snow. We've got to do that, and we will do that because that's what God has called us to do. Servanthood. First habit, highly effective cowboy, being a servant. The second habit of a highly effective cowboy is focusing on what is important. What is important? Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and everything will be given that you need. In another time, Jesus repeated himself in other words. Jesus said that the two greatest commandments were love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind and meet the needs of others. Now, he actually said love your neighbor as yourself, but that's what he meant, meet the needs of others. He's not, he's saying the same thing over and over and over. I wonder why we can't get that. If you meet the needs of others, you will be meeting your own needs and God provide for everything that you need. Think about that. I rode Butthead right up to the edge of the trailer and I grabbed my reins and went, yeah, I better not. I am learning. I am learning. I am getting a little tired of being the sermon illustration all the time. All the time. <laughs> so I stepped off and I ran him in some circles like I seen Ty do. I kind of talked to him a little bad, not Ty the horse. But I did it in a real sweet voice, okay? And then I said a prayer. Should have been doing that from the very beginning. And I looped the reins around his neck. And I walked him up to the front of that trailer and he stopped and I went, and I slapped him on the butt, just, and he went right in. And I shut the gate. And then I got that red truck, whoa! And I bounced that horse, he was like flying all over the place. Because I was in a hurry, right? Jace Ray was like this in the back seat, like, ah! So here we go. Wow, we go out there and you know, I start and open the gate. And I don't even shut the gate, just go through. And I go and I, I, see, I see Gary. He, like, he had like three birthdays while he was waiting out there for me. And he was old already, right? So he was like real old now. Started feeling bad, right? And so anyway, I got out, slammed the door. I told Jason, you stay right there. He's like, okay. He's like, can I watch out the window? That's my translation. I don't really know what he said. But anyway, I was like, yeah, that'll be fine. And so anyway, we drug, I drug Butthead out of the trailer, sucked him up tight, and I loped him in a circle about like this. Got my rope out and chased that calf for 15 minutes. No, I didn't. Uh, just about 13. Now I got over there. And where this calf was, it, if you've ever been out to the Long X around the, around the windmill, there's yucca everywhere. And trying to rope a calf in yucca when you're going to try to heal it is next to impossible. Okay? So, but not for me. Right? At least that's what I thought. I got my rope. I'm tied on hard and fast. And I'm like, watch this. My son's watching. Gary's watching. Yucca. Yucca. Nothing, nothing, I didn't even hit a yucca. Airball, Air that's right, airball. So I get up there again, and I, I can feel that tizzy rising up again, right? You know what I mean? And so finally I'm like, God, just help me, 
help me. And I threw the loom. <laughs> it was the most awesome thing ever. I'll tell you about it next week. Let's go to God in prayer. God, we thank you for your word today. God, be with us all. I'm not going to pray for anybody's safety. I'm going to pray for their courage. To become the cowboys and cowgirls that you called them to be. Not this pansy-fied Skittles and unicorn type of, of Christianity that they've heard before where everybody's just nice. Man, I'm calling, God, I'm calling people to strength, to purpose, and to love you and to seek your outfit above everything else so that we can grow into the men and women that you have called us to be. God, the way they do that, maybe they're sitting here like, man, that's, that's kind, of what, kind of what I want. I know that's what God's been talking to my heart about, but my heart's filled with fear and everything. God, don't let them worry about that. You said don't worry about tomorrow. For Tomorrow has its own struggles. God, we love you, and we know that when we hit our knees and we ask you to be our Savior, it's because we know that we don't deserve it. We don't deserve a spot on your outfit, but you're willing to give it to the humble and to those that will seek you and a relationship with you and a ride with you so that we can all get to where we need to be and where you want us to be. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The cowboy has molded and shaped our country by the sweat of his brow and his faith in God. Slowly, his way of life has been labeled as outdated and obsolete, if that wasn't enough. Religion has tried to change his view of the God he experiences every day. The rough hands of the carpenter's son have been replaced with silver tongues and promises of an easy life. But the cowboy knows better. His way of life is slowly dying. No longer do people keep their word. No longer is a handshake all you need. He searches for men who act like men and ladies who act like ladies. He is one in a thousand and he needs your help. For just $35 a month, which is one one thousandth of the average yearly salary, you can be part of saving the Cowboys' heritage, saving the Cowboys' faith, and his livelihood. You too can help save the cowboy. Just text save the cowboy all one word to 77977 and be a part of something extraordinary.